that's a good way. That's a good way to start it. All right, podcast number three. We won't have a song on this one. What? Did you want to do a song? That's the only reason I came. <sighs> podcast number three. There you go. Cool. So we're up to <laughs> podcast number three, and we're only a duo on this one. Finally. Yeah. Well, it, it's a little awkward because, like, I was thinking about it before, and it's. Well, we're using a laptop, so there might be a bit of extra noise at the moment. We don't have a professional microphone or anything. We're also recording uh, at my location as Kurt has disappeared on us. Yeah, and so like I was, it was really odd because we're like kind of like we're like that like Elaine and George, and mm. Kurt's like the Jerry. He brings us together. Yeah, but then again, I think I knew you before I knew him, so it doesn't really count. Fair enough. Well. Uh... Hopefully, Elaine and George can do a good podcast today. So, fingers crossed we can knock out a good one. So, we might get stuck into uh, the usual topics of what we're up to at the moment. Yeah. I'm Ben, by the way. Oh, and I'm Nick. How are you going? Yes. So, do you want to get stuck into it? You might start off with this one. What What are you playing? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What's I've happening? Been, I've been to a few uh, comedy gigs this week, which uh, I saw Demetri Martin on Wednesday and Louis C.K. last night, and both awesome so hilarious um very different approaches for people who aren't familiar with them uh it's it's very hard to describe dimitri's style especially i think the best way to uh if you haven't heard of him just go to youtube and check out uh, lots, some lots of, of guitar stuff lots of prop stuff I exactly guess. like if you look on stage before he came out there's just stuff scattered all around he compared himself to carrot top in that way at one stage just oh. because no, a much better version. He was clearly joking. <laughs> uh, we'd hope so. Uh, I guess um, but, he, yeah. he was also on an episode of Flights of the Concords, which is well worth watching to get another little input into his sort of style. Oh, I, I don't remember that. What did he do? Uh, it was the their version of Who Let the Dogs Out, the, the Doggy Bounce, or something ah, like yep, that. Doggy Bounce. Yeah, and he was one of he was one of the performers that made a lot of money off it. Ah, awesome. Yeah, well, uh, he. Also had his own TV show, Important Things, with Dimitri Martin, and he was on uh, The Daily Show for a while back in the day. Um, so, yeah, he did a few different jokes. Like, he's got so many jokes. A lot of his stuff is set up and punchline. So, whereas Louis C.K. was more telling stories and that kind of thing, Dimitri Martin must have told about 400 jokes that night. His set was about 90 minutes, I'd say. And it's just... Like everything is so clever and so funny. He did an awesome job and yeah, he does this thing where he's got drawings on a pad and just like has graphs that it's just like a boring old graph and somehow he turns it into the funniest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> it was, it was a bit weird at some stage. Like he kept talking to the audience or I guess attempting to, and everyone was a bit unreceptive. So, uh, People would come in a bit late and he's like, oh, hey, guys, how you going? And they just like kind of keep walking, don't look at them and, you know, trying to not draw attention to themselves. But he was, it seemed like he really wanted to kind of get to know a few people. And there was a couple of people at the start who just yelled out stuff like, we love you, my sister loves you. And so he had a bit of a chat with them. And I, like, he was really funny just at that uh, crowd work and improv stuff. Um, but no one wanted to get involved. And so like throughout the show, he's just every so often... So, anyone got anything they want to talk about? And everyone's just like dead silent. And it was, that got a bit awkward. I felt a bit sorry for him. Because, like, the gig went so well. It was so funny. But everyone was just, I don't know, too scared to say anything. I was, I was sitting pretty close to the front. I was thinking, like, what could I say? But, yeah, it was, that was a bit weird. But uh, awesome night. And then towards the end, people at, at the encore started to warm up and talk to him a bit more. And, so, that was a bit better. But, uh, 
yeah, highly recommend both those gigs. And then Louis C.K., he just pushes the boundaries of every single thing, every topic that could ever be pushed and uh, is insanely funny for it. And Tom Gleason, he did a, a warm-up act. Not, not a fan. You know? I can't stand that guy. I thought he was okay. Um, I've seen a lot of his material on things like Good Newsweek and stuff like that before. But uh, it was interesting to see because Tom Gleason's one of Australia's more successful comics at the moment. And just compared to Louis, like, he was getting, you know, a good laugh and, you know, had some decent jokes. But then Louis came out and the stage presence is just uncomparable. He you know, just commands everything as soon as he walks out there. And, uh, yeah, if you don't know who Louis C.K. is, he had another um, TV show. It's just called Louis that he's doing at the moment. And well, It's absolutely massive across the globe. Yeah, it's very funny. It, it's very dark at some points. Like, he's got an episode where it's about uh, religion. And at the end of it, I was just like, was that a comedy show? What did I watch? Like, it was mostly 90% of the episode was him as a child being taught about the crucifixion of Christ. And it's very dark. It's definitely got some hilarious moments, but uh, not, episode, not all episodes are, you know, that weird. But it seems like he has a lot of freedom to do whatever he wants on that show, which is kind of cool because uh, you get a good variety of stuff. Um, and then he also had another show a few years ago called uh, Lucky Louie, and he's done a couple of hilarious uh, HBO specials and that kind of thing, so... Yeah, definitely check him out if you're interested in that kind of stuff. So he's had a pretty illustrious career. Yeah, he's huge at the moment. This was his first time to Australia. Um, and that was kind of cool because you got to see him make a few Australian jokes that you wouldn't see on any of his other shows. Just talking about his experiences at the airport and Australians in general, even though you know he'd already been here just for a couple of hours. But uh, yeah, he's uh, definitely blowing up at the moment and very popular. Sounds like it was well worth a watch then. Yeah. So I, I guess they'll probably be touring sometime soon. Comedy festivals, another six months away. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I'd definitely go see him again. This is, again, the first time that he's been here and he's doing another show in Sydney this weekend. So uh, I don't know exactly if he'll be back anytime soon, but fingers crossed because uh, he filled out the venue. Um, and then in terms of what else I'm doing... I just finished Killzone 3 on the last weekend. I don't know if you played that at all. No, I never got a chance to play it. Did you play the first two? Yeah, I did. What did you reckon? Um, it's pretty similar to Killzone 2. A lot of people seem to like Killzone 2 a bit better. Um, the controls feel very weighty in the Killzone games. Like, compared to something like Halo or Call of Duty, where you spin around very quick... It takes a lot longer to move or to spin in Killzone, so it feels like... So it's almost like you're playing a first-person Gears of War where it's very, very awkward moving around. Yeah, well, you, you definitely feel the weight of your character, like someone like yeah, Gears, Marcus Phoenix. He's a big guy, and these, these are very similar. This is kind of uh, Sony's Gears, it feels. Well, I like that idea of making it. There was... um. Uh, I played Metro 2030, 20, 2033 or 2032? Yeah, I believe that's right. It's one of those two, sorry, I'm off track on this one. But I played that game and there was a point where you have to help a little kid get through a certain section of the underground that you're traveling through okay. and he jumps on your shoulders and it changes the weight distribution of the character. So when you turn, you sway a little bit more. Oh, so it's quite awkward, especially when you have enemies coming from multiple sides. It's it's It's... it's you, you're weighted differently, you have to get used to it, which was a very clever idea. So I like the idea of actually reflecting your character, whereas, you know, in the, you're carrying a rocket launcher in, in Call of Duty and you're just sprinting along, yeah. things like that. 
Yeah, it definitely, it, it sounds like a small thing, but it makes a big impact to the game. And if you uh, look at something like um, Bioshock 2, where you're playing as a big daddy, you'd think that you'd feel the weight of being a big daddy, but you don't. No, so, not at all. Yeah, it's interesting to uh, that they actually implemented this a bit more in Killzone 3. Um, the story is pretty forgettable. It's very confusing. Like, there's a whole... Uh, alien invasion thing going on and then there's this, this weird green energy coming out of the planet that it seems like you can move through it when you're going slowly but then it explodes if you make sudden movements but it, <laughs> if, if it is explained I certainly didn't understand it but you're not playing that game from the story and there's no, like a no no it is, it is the shooter for yeah the PS3 and uh, graphics are awesome that game looks really impressive um it's, it's funny that they made every single bad guy look like a more Hitlery version than the last bad guy. Like, there's this big press conference kind of thing going on where all the enemy leaders are meeting. And you're like, hey, it's Space Hitler. Hey, wait, this guy's even more Space Hitlery. There's like eight of them just all around. I'll see if I can put a picture of it in the, uh, on the website just because it's pretty funny to see how uh, their alien Space Hitler race has taken off. Sounds good. But I, I like the game. Um, I probably won't be going back and playing it straight away or anything, but uh, it's worth checking out. So while we're having a look at a couple of those games, if you haven't, um, well, I guess I'll get stuck into what I'm up to. Um, not not terribly much. Still, still plowing through through music wise. I um, finally actually got around to listening to uh, the Lonely Island album, which was Is this the second one. Yeah, Total the second chain. one. It was incredibly good. It, it's, it's very funny. funny. Some of the when they're when they're not very good. They're really, really poor. Yeah. But when they're good, they are uh, uh, insurpassable with their with their comedy. Their best is so good, and I I'd like hearing your Michael Bolton's and <laughs> your uh, Justin Timberlake's been very, very vulgar in what they're singing about. It's it's such a strange twist on those those sort of artists. So yeah. it's always a nice way to hear something different from them. A lot of those artists who um, do songs and comedy together. It's a very hard mix to get both good songs, good music, and funny lyrics. And you, you got to watch out for that something dragging on for too long before the joke hits. Definitely. If you get you know thirty seconds into a song and it's a one note joke, then you still got another two minutes left of that song. You're like, okay, I get it. That they are one of the ones who can actually do that well. And something like I just had sex, which is the first single off that album. That's such a funny song. The whole way through, they just keep hitting those beats with every single setup and punchline. Like, even the chorus, it repeats itself, but they keep adding more onto it somehow. Mm. And just, the song itself is so catchy that you just, you know, kind of singing it the next day, you're like, oh, I hate this, I hate myself, get out of my head. Yeah, there are some worse songs <laughs> to sing. I think um, Mother Lover is a worse song to be singing, but it is, it is ridiculously good. Yeah, that's great. And, uh, yeah, the Pirates of the Caribbean one that you mentioned with Michael Bolton. Is yeah, awesome. Jack Sparrow, great yeah. song. And uh, they've actually done a lot of video clips, um, mm, which is also it's it's a sometimes for someone that doesn't find it that funny the first time the video clip will make it that much funnier. Yeah, I recommend uh, like I'm on a boat from their first album. Watching that for the first time with the video it makes a big difference than just listening. It to does, and then whenever you listen to that song, all you can think about is that video clip. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely am a big fan of that album. It's it, it's true when the comedy songs aren't the best. Uh, like there was one about them going to Japan or something that I wasn't a huge fan of, okay. which I guess the whole joke about that was in the song they mentioned doing very expensive things. And so 
they would have to their their record label would have to pay for them to go to all these expensive hotels and eat expensive food just for the video clip. And like I get the joke, but the song wasn't as good to back it up. There's a few things yeah. like that, but uh, overall, they're definitely one of the best when it comes to. Uh, musical comedy uh, Certainly. Up, there, up there with Flight of the Concords that you mentioned yeah exactly yeah because it's funny when you you'd listen to things like Tripod and it's just it takes so long to hit that joke mm. that the first verse isn't actually funny the first verse is a setup for the chorus being funny sure. and then it being funny from then on and often when you're a minute into the song and the joke hasn't hit you just throw up your hands and go look I'm out of here yeah uh, they need to really kick off hard, which is something that they do. Uh, Music-wise, I'm still listening across the board to a ton of other stuff. Another one I started listening to was... I've actually been listening to a bit of rap, so I listened to Bad Meets Evil, which is Eminem and DeRoyce59. Royce De59. Royce De59. Unless you're dyslexic. Uh, yeah, which is a common problem for myself. Uh, it's called Hell of the Sequel. That's the one, Hell of yeah. the Sequel. And it, it's really good. It is really good. I understand why Eminem is the best when you hear that album. Oh, yeah. And in fact, the song Lighter that features Bruno Mars has the same structure as a couple of previous songs that Eminem has done. And so if you look at the structure of that song, where it starts off, uh, it starts off chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the same structure as used in uh, Dr. Dre's uh, I Need a Doctor, That's a which good was Eminem as well as uh, Skylar Gray, yep. I believe is the girl's name, and it was the same structure. And that is the same structure as Eminem and Rihanna's Love the Way You Lie. Uh, interesting. Um, yeah. the, certainly the producer of Love the Way You Lie and the producer of I Need a Doctor, the same producer. And I haven't had a chance to check, but I wonder whether that's the same producer as well. Okay. Because it's a, it's a very, very similar structure, except for the fact that Bruno Mars is a male singer. Yeah. When, when uh, I do think about it, there actually is quite a similarity between those three songs. But uh, And they're all they're all quite similar in, or well, certainly uh, I Need a Doctor and uh, Lighters are very similar in their structure, where Lighter, or I Need a Doctor, is about Eminem thanking Dr. Dre for being around, and Dr. Dre saying, that's right, you know, I've come back. Mm-hmm. And that's the same structure as on lighters where Eminem saying, you know, I've been down, but I'm back. Yeah. And then uh, Royster59 saying, I looked up to Eminem as an artist. Yeah, I like all that stuff. So it's so very, very similar songs. Yeah, if you listen to um, a lot of the Kanye and Jay-Z stuff that we mentioned last week, if you listen to their individual albums, it's like their albums are almost telling stories about the other person as well. Mm. And so they all kind of interlink. It's, uh, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's quite interesting how um, how these things happen. Where it's almost like paying tribute, and these are the songs that like these these are the hits at the moment. Like "Love the Way You Lie" was number one forever, and then "I Need a Doctor" got quite high in the Aussie charts without any support. Yeah, it, right. it really took a long time before it got radio airplay, and "Lighter" is getting radio airplay, and it is moving up in the charts as well. So it's it's very interesting that this is a structure that people want to listen to: female singer or very good male singer, and then rap. And then, so I start off with chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. But makes, I like that structure. Since I Need a Doctor's had such success, it really makes me want the whole freaking album. Oh, I've been wanting that album since 2003. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about Dr. Dre here. Um, Dr. Dre is notorious for having his album Detox uh, on the projected release list since 2003. Yeah. And uh, after, after 2001... Or 2000 was his album, Chronic Chronic 2000. And after releasing the Chronic in the early 90s as well, 
one of one probably the best producer in the world in my book. Uh, but a lot of his stuff is ghost written, so can't you know say he's the best rapper in the world. But, but that album's been a long time in the way. Yeah, I heard an interview with Fifty Cent who did a song on the album, and apparently he's recorded the whole thing at least three times, and he's just wants to get every little bit right. And I guess it's kind of the same as the uh, Guns N' Roses thing when you just got that much success and that much money, you can do whatever you want. But if you're also a perfectionist, then it, even though you know it might sound great to us, he'll still be tweaking it and not happy with it. And mm. we'll see when it eventually comes out. Well, it'll be interesting to see when it comes out because he's saying, and he's been saying for a long time, this is his last album. Yeah. That this will be the last thing he does musically as an artist. So I wonder how long it'll be before it comes out because it's that question of, do I want to finally commit to not doing this again? Yeah. And whether he just keeps holding off. And he's released two singles now. Yep. And as of last year, it was slated as having an official, officially out in the next year. And we're almost rolling past that date now. <laughs> I know. I remember at the end of 2010, it seemed more certain than ever that it was coming out. And obviously that didn't happen. Yeah, it certainly did. When, when I, when, um, I Need a Doctor came out, I, I had locked it in as being a release soon. Yeah, well, it seemed, I think, was that song leaked? I, th- I think what, that's what happened was... The there were song previous was... songs that were leaked. Okay. Pre-those pre those two songs. That's the other thing with the Guns N' Roses album. By the time the album came out, most of those songs had already been released on the internet, um, just unofficial. Well, I believe he had he had a song that was slated for the album that got leaked and he, he's canned it. <laughs> and there's been a few of that where there's three or four times where songs have leaked and he's just, that's it. Hopefully, maybe they do something like a deluxe edition with all that extra stuff on it. But at least, at least we can still hear those songs. But yeah, just I know. Get on it, Dre. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he listens to this, right? Two two white boys in uh, in Melbourne, Australia, telling yeah. him what to do. If he was all like, "Well, I wasn't going to," but Nick and Ben certainly seem enthusiastic. Maybe maybe that'll get him on board with it. Uh, gaming wise, still playing Minecraft, and in fact, I got on a, a Kurt server. And I've been having this? fun with it. After last week where you were talking about how you're going to give up Minecraft? Ah, uh, no, no, giving up for me. Um, <laughs> uh, well, how did I guess? So I got onto Kurt's server and ran away from where they are and found my own little little desert land, which isn't a desert land, but my own little land. And I, in fact, watched, um, I, I don't know whether you've watched it yet, but they're at PAX Notch, who is the creator of Minecraft, uh, did some visual demos of what's going to be in 1.8. Oh, no, I haven't seen this. And there's some really cool stuff. In fact, he's got uh, long rivers. So rivers running across continents on the Minecraft land. He's also put in things like ravines. So there'll be ravines like underground caverns that aren't really caverns. They, you know, visually, you can see them and they're cutting down deep sort of, uh, I guess, you know, like... like um, I guess any ravine really is. <laughs> I think you need Kurt here to be excited about ravines. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not I, the Minecraft fan that you guys seem to be. But the the plan is to also have put in things like um, uh, NPCs and villages. Yep. So there'll be just random villages that spawn up. There's a couple of new bad guys. There's also, uh, which I think would be really cool, is there's going to have things like ruins, like ancient ancient city ruins. So you stumble across. Is that going to be built out of different materials? Or? I believe what they're using is what you can find already is that there are blocks with moss on it. <laughs> and so that's what they're going to be. Yes. The moss oh, it's update. so good. The moss blocks are the best. Oh, God, love the moss blocks. I, I know everyone that play, plays Minecraft is, is really keen for more, more <laughs> moss blocks. There's just not many of them. <laughs> awesome. So with the NPC kind of stuff, 
are, they, are you going to be go up to them and talk as to them? As far as I know, there is no interaction by the fact that you can attack them. They just wander around. They, they literally work on their village and that's it. Oh, they okay. wander so, through their village. So that they can know. build their own stuff? I, I don't know whether they will. That's still up in the air. You'd like to think there would be. Yeah, sure. But so, this, is, this is a study to degrade into kind of what WoW people do. So When is this game actually coming out? Because this is the 1.8 update for the beta, right? Yes. And so has he re- announced a release date or anything like that? I don't think so. I think I think it's still still in development, really. It's just going to be one of those things... It could like, always be in beta for all Like you know. a Gmail or something where that's been out for like five years and still in beta. Yeah. Okay. Well, they all, he was also putting leveling up, except for the fact that it doesn't do anything yet. Maybe in 10 years when it's, uh, you know, the official release, I'll well, check it out. Looking at it, it seems to be moving closer and closer to being basically World of Warcraft where you can move blocks around and build what you want. So how long has it been since the last update? Uh, a while, I think. Okay. I couldn't tell you. I only jumped on recently, so I'm, I'm, I only jumped on when 1.7 was out. Sure. It seems like they've uh, been updating fairly frequently. Like adding a whole bunch of new. Well, stuff. I think if if I'm if I'm thinking right, I think about a year and a half ago it was 1.3 or something like that. So okay. it's moved pretty fast. Yeah, that that sounds pretty. But I don't think there's been as many as many jumps in what we have as this one. I sure. think this is a massive jump. New bad guys, new new worlds, basically, and things like big long deserts and sort of like rolling landscape hills. And like the, it, it, it's 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 almost like you're walking across the US as a continent with all of the different landscapes they have sounds cool so we might move on for that as minecraft talk can get very very boring for people that haven't um got anything to do with it and we might get stuck in some other things now we were talking about eminem before and for us australian fans gonna have a chance to see him soon hopefully that is the rumor at the moment well the rumor is the original rumor was that eminem was going to be playing beat day out Yep. That was the original rumour. Which, and for any international guests who don't know, that's basically one of Australia's biggest rock and roll music festivals. It is, it is Australia's biggest yep. music festival, no doubt about it. Well, I guess because it tours the entire uh, continent rather than something like Splendour in the Grass, which as much as it's very hip and you know a lot of really cool bands play it, it's centralised in one spot and it's a three-day event, kind of like what Coachella is, except Big Day Out gets the acts that play Coachella. Yeah. Except for Kanye West, who's played both. And just <laughs> shot my uh, my point right out of the water. Then that's it. A <laughs> <laughs> third podcast member to replace Kurt. Yeah, at the moment. In fact, uh, I think quality-wise, it stepped up a bit. Yeah, yeah. I know we got a lot of uh, feedback from the last couple of episodes. That you guys are great, but when are you going to do an episode with uh, a dog instead of your third co-host? So now those people are finally satisfied. Exactly. If you've got any more requests like that, send them through. Yeah, maybe by episode five, we'll all be dogs. It's like playing Pokemon. <laughs> um, so, yes, Eminem. Eminem, yes. Uh, so, the first rumor was he was going to play Big Day Out. And I'm saying Big Day Out. Uh, the, in fact, the main rumor was the Big Day Out was going to have Eminem and Prince. So, really? that, was, that was the original rumor for Big Day Out. Interesting. Uh, as of, I think, a week and a half ago, there were reports that three uh, touring partners were, were trying to buy for him for Eminem to get him out and in a kind of bidding war in a bidding war. And these promoters were all fighting against each other to get Eminem out. And big day out was one of them. And I believe you just had a new update to that. The story that I read, um, had leaked tour dates for December. So I think it was December 1st for Sydney and December 3rd for Melbourne. Um, and 
it also mentioned that he wasn't going to be playing the big day out because it sounded like him and his manager were demanding a million dollars per show, um, which was obviously above the big day out's uh, budget. They also said that he was bringing D12, which is banned, and uh, Little Wayne would be supporting him, and the Hilltops Hoods, who is another Australian hip-hop band. Well, the biggest Australian hip-hop band, really. Yeah. Um, so it seems like if all that is true, that's going to be a massive show. The date that they said that this would be confirmed is tomorrow, which is uh, Sunday the 4th. So hopefully by next show we'll be able to know more. And hopefully the tickets won't sell out and be insanely, insanely I expensive. Be, I think they're going to be insanely expensive if they need to uh, get a million dollars. Did, did they have venues? Yeah, hang on. Let me just uh, check out this article. Because I think venue-wise, we, we could kind of even attempt to predict with the amount of people that can fit in the venue, what sort of price range they'd be. Okay, so December 1st at the Sydney Cricket Ground. And wow. And 3rd of December at Eddie Had in Melbourne Docklands. Wow, Eddie Had. That's, um, I don't think there's many gigs played at Eddie Had. Yeah, so Eddie I, I had, for, for people before. that don't know or, or are international, the MCG is basically the mecca of Australian rules football and is in Melbourne and it is a massive stadium that holds a little over 100,000 people at maximum capacity. And Eddie had is a secondary stadium that holds roughly 60,000 people, I think. Okay. So if you're still saying, selling, you know, $150 a ticket or so, that's easily over the million. Then. Yeah, that is. So I think uh, there's a pretty good chance you're looking at $140, $150 a ticket for standard tickets. Yeah, right. I definitely will be trying to get tickets if this is all true. And the concert, December is not too far away. So hopefully they'll be going on sale pretty it soon. It is. It's very, very close to do it. And for something like Eminem, to, I'm, I'm wondering whether those facts might be wrong thinking about how close it is. Yeah, well, it's all rumored for now, but we'll hopefully uh, find out soon. And I guess if they're trying to, perhaps they're trying to get him out in December to block Big Day Out. Yeah, that's the thought. Because if he comes out in December, then as it rolls around to January, he'll be gone. Yeah. And he won't be able to play the Big Day Out, which is in February, I think. Okay. I can, I can never remember the dates of some nah, Big Day Out. <laughs> so that's uh, probably it for... Will you be going if, uh, if you can get a hold of tickets? Probably. Probably would. I, I, I do like him. I've been, I've been waiting for him to come back since... I think last time he was here, it was 1999. Yeah, it was... Oh, I think there was one of the two... I was, it was in high school when he came out. Okay. It was a long time ago. It right? was a long time ago, and I remember there was a lot of hysteria. It was probably at the peak of the Eminem is a bad influence yeah. discussion, as, as now he's really not considered that much of a bad influence. Well, if, uh, the article that I read was stating they reckon there'd be controversy more around Little Wayne since he just got out of doing uh, eight months in prison. Yeah, Little Wayne will be the one that... Yeah, really, for, for gun possession, I believe. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, weapons possession. Oh, God, love him. God, <laughs> love him. So, weapons possession for Little Wayne and Eminem potentially in Australia in December. So, that'd be pretty cool. That'd be another big scalp for Australia to manage to pull over here, which would be nice. I've got the Foo Fighters coming out in early December as well, I think it is. Yeah, shout out to early December's or late November. Able to secure tickets for that one. Yeah, I may be getting tickets. Actually, something we should talk about is the EB Expo coming up. Yeah, sure. So, as of October October 15th, that weekend in Australia, up in the Gold Coast, uh, we're having an EB Expo, which is probably Australia's first games expo. Mm, we've had a few. There's uh, uh, around November, December, we've had the well, E-Games Expo. Which one was it? It's called E-Games, which uh, okay. that's maybe been three or four years running now. Um, and that's probably the best one. Uh, I think it's been in Melbourne and maybe Brisbane or Sydney. I'm uh, struggling to remember. But... 
I've been a few years to that one, and last time I was just very disappointed. Yeah, I think I think I was thinking of Armageddon and those sort of things. Yeah, but they're more. We've had the, other um, things like well. Armageddon and Supernova, which are more pop culture than specifically yeah. video games. Um, Whereas this is this is for EB Games, which is a major Australian retailer of video games, and I wonder whether that's going to affect the quality of an event like this, where it's been run by a retailer. Uh, yeah, it's it probably means you'll be less likely to see independent smaller games that they won't be selling at EB. Because I guess it's the kind of thing that not only do they want to get the video game fans together and you know have a celebration, but they want to pimp their stuff. Exactly. So uh, they'll no doubt be showing off things like the new Call of Duty or Gears of War. Or From what I've seen so far, I believe 2K are turning up, mm-hmm. as well as Activision, uh, Bethesda are coming and showing Skyrim. Which so w- when is this? This is happening on the 15th of October. Because Skyrim comes out uh, that week, doesn't it? I think it comes out in November. I thought Skyrim Oh, was. in October. Yeah, you're right. This is October. Okay. Uh, as well as so that's good. Uh, DICE and EA. For Battlefield? For Battlefield. But the Battlefield does come out, I believe, the 10th of October. Okay. So it'll be out pre the event. Yeah, because that's, that's the thing that a lot of these events, e-games, it was in those last few months of the year. So a lot of the games that they were showing off had either just come out which, like, I don't really need to check this out because I can just go to the store and buy it. Or it was coming out in a few days and something like I remember seeing Gears of War 2 at one a couple of years ago and there was, like, an hour-long line to play it, which I'm like, well, it comes out in a week. I can wait that long and, yeah. you know, go play something smaller. Um, but, yeah, hopefully uh, there'll be some bigger exclusive kind of stuff like Skyrim a month in advance seems pretty cool. And, um, yeah, there's definitely going to be... A, a lot of stuff worth checking out there. So the reason I brought this up is I will actually be heading up there for this event. Uh, through work, I'll, uh, through my work, I'll be filming for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually going to be able to uh, get some first-hand contact with a lot of the content that will be up there and be able to bring back and have a chat about what's up there. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll be playing most of the games that are up there. I'm only going to be there for one day. So we'll see how much I can fit in. But hopefully, I think it's probably, what, five podcasts away, I'll be able to bring you some more info. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be able to uh, see most of the stuff that's worthwhile in just one day. So that'll be a pretty big event, and I think tickets are about... You can actually get $30 tickets now to get in, but you don't get full access. Full access tickets are all gone. Sure. And obviously, uh, it's in a different state. Otherwise, I yes. would have been going. <laughs> so you have to fly all the way up to Queensland if you were if you were keen to go. But that event is going to be a big event, and I believe they're hoping to make this an annual event and try and create some sort of uh, alternate to your things like your packs over in the US. But it's been run by a retail. I don't know if that retail is going to be able to sustain the sustain the quality or um, be able to be as impartial as what something like PAX is. Yeah. Well. Uh... It's definitely not going to be as big as something like PAX, um, especially in the first few years. But it, it is cool that it is a uh, open to the public exhibition, rather than something like E3, which is industry only. So uh, it should. Mm. And as much as E3 is industry only, most people get, can buy tickets anyway. I, like I got in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, industry only isn't really industry only. There's a lot of people that get around it, but it's it's a, it's not as odd an event as something like E3, where there are very much restrictions on who can get in, who yeah. can't. But uh, hopefully if this one goes well, it means in further years more uh, publishers and developers look to you know, turn up to something like this. Well, keeping it in Australia, what about uh, Bondi? This is- yeah, very sad news. Yeah, um, one of, one of probably, 
I guess they probably have done the best Australian release really ever. Yeah. Well, in, uh, uh, L.A. Noir and exactly. the company's folded. So, yeah, Team Bondi, who made L.A. Noir, uh, were, who were bought by a rock star, have just closed their doors this week. And so they've gone into administration, is it? Something like that. Uh, administration receivership. Receive, yeah, something along the lines yeah. of that. Yeah, Nick can look what it, you know, the exact term is for it. But what's happened is, uh, I guess, the game sold well, but maybe not as well as uh, Rockstar would have liked, which I don't know exactly how many copies they expected. I think it's all really well. I think it's, um, uh, from what I'm reading here, uh, well, recently it's been rocked by allegations of unsatisfactory working conditions. Yeah, that and was the Rockstar is unlikely to publish further games from it. So perhaps it's a case of they were working on another game that isn't up to the standard of Rockstar. Perhaps, I think, to be quite honest, if you're going to get published by Rockstar these days, it needs to be a sandbox. And it needs to be very much in the vein of your GTAs and your uh, Red Dead Redemptions. So it sounds like maybe it was more behind the scenes kind of things that caused this fallout rather than, you know, the sales of uh, L.A. Noir, which uh, is a shame because I'd love to see another game made by them uh, in the L.A. Noir series. And it seems like the team now has moved on to the studio that is making Happy Feet 2. Oh, really? Yeah. So I guess it's... You know, they've got all that motion capture technology and that kind of thing. They've got that experience. Well, did, I wonder whether they patent, patented that ability to create something like that. And actually, you know, that. never mind me because it's actually going to be an Assassin's Creed. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Well, I heard they were trying to sell off their assets to get just some more money to keep the studio going for a while. But that wouldn't include the L.A. Noire license, which Rockstar owns. And it mm. wouldn't include the motion scan technology. Okay. So I'm like, what else do they have? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what else they have. Perhaps it was another game that they were creating. Yeah, it's possible. Um, but LNY has been in development for at least seven years, I think. Um, so I guess to a project that scale, to keep it funded for all those years without you know releasing products in between, there it is a huge investment in terms of money. Um, if it was, you know these allegations behind the scenes and it would cost, you know, Rockstar a fraction of that to, you know, just shut them up and put out another game. Maybe we could have seen it, but uh, I, I guess maybe it means the next LA Noir will be published by a different team. Yeah. Um, which I know it's cool to see. These maybe maybe even Rockstar might consider taking it on themselves. Yeah. Well, who knows? We haven't <clears throat> really heard what they're doing lately. Like Grand Theft Auto 5 has got to be in development. But uh, it's been a long time since GTA 4 came out. And I'd love another Red Dead. Yeah, Red Dead was good. But yeah, I, I think they've been a bit quiet lately. So it'll be interesting to see what their next big announcement is. Maybe another uh, game in the Bully series as well. That'd be cool. You never know. You never know what you're going to get with Rockstar, do you? But it's, it seems like... Except it'll be Sandbox. Uh, yeah, tell you, 100%. Pretty sandbox. likely. But it seems like the L.A. Noire uh, brand name won't just disappear because that okay. game was uh, successful. But yeah, obviously it'll be made by a different team and... I don't know, maybe that means Cole Phelps will rock up in Happy Feet 2 or something. You never know your life, do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, we might actually chat about something else that's happening in Australia. So, like, I guess we'll do, we're trying to do a little bit, you know, one one gaming, one something else, one gaming, something else. Works for me. And I uh, read recently there was an article in uh, an Australian uh, news site about IKEA running for a couple of days, something called Manland. With an umlaut over the A to make it, you know, extra Swedish. <laughs> so what it is, is basically, there was a study done and it said something along the lines of, men aren't great at shopping. 
women don't enjoy having the man with them when they go shopping. And Ikea thought it'd be clever, and this is kind of a paraphrasing of what it is, Ikea thought it'd be clever to do something called Manland, where they've created a creche for men that you can drop the kids off in one creche as you walk into Ikea, drop the husband off in the other, head up and do your shopping while the husband sits there and plays foosball or pinball or plays Xbox or sits around and reads magazines about cars or anything like that. Ben, would you like to be dropped off at Manland? I would. It sounds a hell of a lot better than shopping. I do have some childhood traumas left over from uh, the ball pit land in uh, the regular IKEA stores when I was a kid. Because when when we were little, I don't know, I assume they still do this. They had a ball pit that you could go mess around. I think there's some ball pits. I think some of them don't. But I I do remember the ball pit and I loved it. Yeah, it was so good. There was um, like a whole bunch of stuff you could jump in the ball pit or there was, you know, tables and chairs for... There was a movie room as well. Yeah, drawings and stuff. And the movie room is where my trauma comes into this. Oh, here we go. I remember uh, I was taken around and I was a bit old for the ball pit at the time, I guess. And so they're like, oh, we're showing... I think it was 101 Dalmatians, the uh, live action version. Oh, no, no. What's, what's that other movie where there's like a talking dog or something like that? Or a dog that saves the day. Um, Air Bud? <laughs> it was not Air Bud. This was before the days of Air Bud. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I can help you there. Uh, there was a series of... cartoon? No, it was live action after Google this. And anyway, it was one of those, you know, talking dog movies or, you know, one of those you know, family-friendly movies where, you know, a dog helps everyone out. And so I caught the tail end of that movie. I, I had the choice between running around Ikea with my parents or just, you know, sitting in this uh, theatre room with my sister. Never run around Ikea. My sister and, uh, you know, this one other, you know, kid who got dropped off by their parents. And uh, I watched that for like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And then they put on Charlotte's Web. And I was like, I'd seen that movie for some reason way too many times. It's one of those things where... Whenever we were at school and, uh, you know, sport got rained out or something, they would chuck us uh, in the library and make us watch Round the Twist or Charlotte's Web. I don't know why you'd be playing Round the Twist. That'd be, that'd be well worth it. No, I, I was all for Around the Twist. Aussie, boy, Aussie, Aussie gold, that yeah. stuff, Around the Twist. But uh, by, the, by the 50th time you've watched Jumanji or Charlotte's Web or whatever it is, you're just like, I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> And so I'm like, start, I see it start. Like I remember sitting in the room after this first movie uh, ended for like five minutes and there's just, we were watching like a blue screen. Like maybe someone will put another movie on. And I'm like, you know, like six or seven or something at this time. And we're like, all right, we'll make our way to the front desk and ask them to put on something else. And then, you know, we're just still waiting and waiting. And we're just like bored and waiting in this movie room. And then they put on Charlotte's Web. We're like, no. (laughs) So, uh, we had to sit through like another 90 minutes of that before our parents came. And so ever since then I was tainted and I don't know why we couldn't just go in the ball pit. <laughs> so, uh, I know as long as man, so land, and I know it's just one of those childhood traumas that you never get over. So but, long as Manland doesn't play classic films like Charlotte's Web, you'll be right. Yeah. It says, it says they've uh, got a TV with sports on it or something like that. So maybe I'll, uh, be able to deal with that a bit better. But uh, I know pinball and Xbox and all that kind of stuff sounds pretty awesome. But IKEA doesn't seem to me like one of the places that guys tend to object to as much. No, I enjoy going through IKEA, but I guess the thing is this is um, it's a partial trial. So I think it might be, it's a bit of a laugh, bit of see what happens, have a bit of fun. And it was only running in Sydney's home base or Homebush Bay, 
which is out near uh, where the Sydney Olympics were held. Mm -hmm. So it's in the IKEA shop there, and it was only running from Thursday this week, which was September 1st, up until tomorrow, which is September 4th. So quickly, if we're going to chuck this podcast on right now, everyone run down to IKEA and to check out Manland. Yeah, so I'm sorry. It'll be be, uh, officially closed by the time uh, this podcast comes out, but it's... It's interesting. It's an interesting idea and it's just fun to see what sort of new ideas they come up with and I think that's something that's a little bit clever, a little bit different. You don't see those sort of things that often anymore. And I heard everyone that goes in there gets a free Allen key. Free Allen key? <laughs> I'm Damn. just making that shit up. Allen keys are good. I, I would not be objecting to a free Allen key. They'll probably have to make you assemble the pinball machine yourself. Yeah, that'd be frustrating though. And they probably have you know, one ball, not two. Yeah. Actually, I've, I've, I've never bought something from Ikea and had it not arrive with all the pieces, just to let everyone know. Okay. As much as I understand the joke, I've never had a problem That's a with good stuff in I've uh, had a few experiences where missing a piece or two. Maybe you're that, like, one in every five is missing something or something like that, well, we, and you keep getting that one. We've got a huge Ikea library downstairs of uh, bookshelves, so, you know, after all of those, if there's only a few pieces missing, that's... Usually not too bad, but it's the kind of thing that you're like, oh, I could take this back or I could just, you know, let it sit without 10 screws on the right side and hope that it's fine. And then, you know, it collapses six months later and you're like, shit, should have taken it back. But uh, I don't know. Otherwise, I'm all for Ikea and Manland, which just, you know, more stores would take this approach. Yeah, why not? Well, like female, you know, shopping malls or something like that. If if you yeah, could just you yeah. know instead of well the well why don't why don't they lump all of the all of the women's clothing shoe shopping all in like the one section so it's like one big section of shops yeah so the women can go into each one and look rather than it being spread out in like an entire shopping center and then have like a manland in front of it see that sounds better to me because uh, IKEA is it that bad no IKEA is not that bad and you get into that whole thing where if you want to buy anything in IKEA you have to walk through the whole store. And they mm. trap you like that. Even if you just, you know, on, you know, five centimeters past the main gate, once you're in, you can't get out until you've been through every single level. And the, so that trip is going to take a long time. So I, I can think understand there's only that. one in Victoria now. Okay. There's one at um, uh, Rose Gardens. Yeah, around there. where it is. And I, you can, you can cut through half. Yeah, interesting. You can cut through half. There's sort of, because there's, the, there's like a food section as well. Yeah. And you can cut through and get to the downstairs part. And then you've got to go through that section. And then you go through that last little bit. And then you get the packages. and like, I, I can imagine that could be annoying as to work there. If you're just like working on the first floor and then... They have secret tunnels and stuff like that. And you know, pool shoots and <laughs> straight underneath in tubes. And That sounds like a, uh, a good location for the next Dead Rising maybe. Just to run through all the secret tunnels of Ikea. And then, you know, Lots of Ikea weapons. Yeah, hang out in the ball pit. When I don't know if that lasts terribly long though. <laughs> you have to assemble all the weapons. <laughs> hey, you already seem to have to assemble yeah. all your weapons in Dead Rising. I think we're onto something. Yeah, you just sort of, you know, cut out the middleman of finding all these different weapons. You just grab a box and yep. ready to go. All right, we might talk about some other things as well. And here's a good one. Apple lost another unreleased iPhone. <laughs> iPhone iPhone 5 has been accidentally left at a bar, but there's really no information. No, so unlike the last time when... Uh, the iPhone 4. And then Gizmodo went, give me, give it to me. Yeah. So yeah, for anyone who doesn't know that story, when uh, just before the iPhone 4 was announced, they lost a prototype at a bar and yeah, because Gizmodo, which is like a gadget website, they bought it for $5,000 off, uh, off 
some guy on eBay or Craigslist or something like that. And uh, then they got put into all, a lot of trouble. Yeah, they put all the information on the website. Um, the software had already been shut down, but they could still check out the phone itself. And then, yeah, they got into the visuals trouble. And, and um, yeah, the, the police took it off them and Apple, you know, called well, it it's, squad. If you take something and just say I am in a bar and someone leaves something behind, that is not transfer of property. You okay. just, if, if, they, if you take it, you're still stealing. If you take something that someone has left somewhere, it still counts as stealing. So the problem was, no matter what they did, it was theft. Yeah. And so they were, they were caught under, under the, the laws of theft. Yeah. So apparently, even after all the security that they uh, you know, must have taken to not have that happen again, uh, it's happened again. <laughs> well, people are saying it's a stunt and Apple are not dumb enough to pull the same trick twice like that. Well, the other thing is they seem so secretive in their announcements. So um, I'm, I'm still surprised that they haven't announced it. I, I was expecting an announcement three months ago. Well, they usually announce it about a month or two before it comes out. Uh, but I thought most of their announcements are usually like a July-ish. I think, I think the iPod 4 came out about... October last year, okay. if I remember, because that's when I picked mine up. So I would expect maybe this month to see an announcement if they're sticking to the same plan because they've been updating it on a yearly, a yearly schedule. So it would make sense to see an announcement soon. Um, the other rumors are that there's going to be two versions announced. One which is um, a kind of budget-priced iPhone 4 and then an iPhone 5, which is uh, the big advancement. So it'll be interesting to see if that's the case as well. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's a publicity stunt with their iPads and the MacBooks and all that kind of stuff. They haven't done this kind of thing. They've always announced it right before they uh, put them out on store shelves. I think the last one was a legitimate mistake. Yeah. There wasn't any intention to release it. And I can't imagine they're going to play it again thinking that it'll work the same way. Uh, but there's really no information about it. It was, it was one very short article saying they've accidentally, uh, it's believed that they've lost a iPhone. Yeah. So and that was about it. And it was reported everywhere. And then next day, nothing. Maybe it means that uh, people don't want to get into trouble like the last time um, this happened and release all those specs and stuff again. Well, I wonder whether it was lost at a bar, left in the bar. Yeah, they returned it returned straight away. Returned it straight away, but they may have let the media know that it happened or something yeah. along the lines of that. So that, that, that's that's what's happening in the Apple world at the moment. Still, still a little bit quiet on what's happening with the new content from Apple, but it'll be interesting to see what they bring out. Yeah, I expect the uh, iPad um, three to be announced okay. sooner rather than later. The last one came out uh, February, March, I think. And they do blast through uh, the technology very quickly with those sort of things, like the iPods, like the iPhones. They get a fair few under their belt before yep. it starts taking a little bit longer before they release them. Well, the iPad two. Um, that didn't seem to be as big an uh, as big a step up as say between the iPhone three mm. and or three GS and the four. Um, so things like the Retina display on um, the iPhone four, I reckon we'll see that in the next iPad, and maybe a high resolution camera because they use a pretty low res camera. Um, so I think there's a few key areas that they you know will advance on in the next one, which. I think larger storage space will be something as well. Perhaps Definitely. even moving up closer to something like a 500. Yeah. Well, especially with my iPhone, I've got the 32 gig and I've uh, filled that now just with games and having videos and songs on there. So yeah, all I've that got the larger one up. too. And yeah. it's, it's, it's enough, but I wouldn't mind more. 
Well, I like being able to keep pretty much all my apps on there without having to delete, delete them all the time and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, I suspect we'll see the new iPad before the yearly iteration. Um, but, yeah, no announcements yet. So we might close out with some Modern Warfare talk. I'm thinking about that. Were they, we'll talk about the new hardened edition, which has been, or the details have been leaked on certainly a percentage of what's going to be in it. Uh, but also, the beta for it's come out. Uh, the beta for Call of Duty Elite. The multiplayer, yes. Yeah, so this is basically um, a, like a stat tracking feature, basically. Um, it allows you to do some extra features on the web. And um, if, if you look at Halo, they've got their little extended thing. Where so it's like the Bungie.com sort of stuff. Sort of like that. And then they've also got on, on uh, the multiplayer of Halo, you can pay more to get some extra file sharing options. So instead of having you know a certain amount of memory, you get a lot more. We get pay. to share the files online. I believe rather because you can, can still do that, or at least for you know certain things. Because as far as I know, I, you, sometimes you can't share online, but it's you can completely download off the actual console, no problem. Okay, well, there's there's definitely certain restrictions like that that have been relaxed. So it seems like this is uh, Activision's response to something like that. Basically, from an outsider's perspective, to get more money. <laughs> yes. Um, so I haven't got. Call of Duty. I got into the beta because we signed up, me and Kurt signed up at E3, uh, but I, you need to have a Call of Duty Black Ops. Um, so Kurt, hopefully, will be able yes, to check we'll, that we'll out. Yes, we'll be forcing him to try it out, and if he doesn't try it out before the next one, we will try it out at his place. Yeah. And I, I also uh, just got an email inviting me to the Assassin's Creed Revelations uh, beta. Okay. So I might check that out. I played it a bit at E3. So it seems like a lot of those these November releases are, are ramping up towards the end. Yeah, they're definitely. getting very close to gold. Yeah, um, and yeah, I, play, I played that game at E3, and it seemed very similar to the multiplayer in Brotherhood. Um, but I really enjoyed that, um, and they added a few new modes and features and stuff. So uh, as long as they keep improving on that, I think that's uh, going to be pretty fun. Um, but good. yeah, do you know much more about this uh, Call of Duty Elite stuff? I don't know much, and in fact, I've been pretty uh, blind to what's happening with that, and pretty blind to what's happening with Call of Duty. My focus is more. Battlefield 3, really. Oh, okay. That's what I'm looking forward to. And as much as I enjoyed the Call of Duty's, I enjoyed the Battlefields more. What about the uh, the Hardened Edition? What I did like about the Hardened Edition was you got a year free on the Elite. Yeah, and so they haven't announced the price, I believe, on uh, how much that's actually going to save. No, but I saw a lot of the comments were, for $20 more, I will buy this, no problem. Okay. But I can't imagine a year of what's going to probably cost you at least $100. Hopefully it's less than that because you're already paying... Uh, I, I guess I'm overestimating. I'm, I'm pretty down on that. But I, I guess you could be right. It could be something like a like, like a $49.99 a year. Well, we're already paying for Xbox Live. Um, I guess it's if you're using the PS3 or PC versions, it's a bit cheaper. But uh, I know Xbox players aren't fans of getting double-dipped for those kind of pricing. No, especially when we already pay to use the service that is Xbox Live, which is a great service. Yeah. Happy to pay for it because it's well-maintained and every time I jump on, I know what I'm getting. Yeah. But the, the big feature of this is that you get all the map packs for free. Yes. So it's going to be more expensive than and buying... And looking at, looking at uh, Black Ops. Yeah. For the zombies, they've released five map packs or something along the lines of that. They're about $20 each. They are. So it's probably, you know, $100 a year might not be unrealistic because... 
I suspect if you're getting all these map packs for free and getting all these extra features, it's probably going to be about the cost of what it would cost to buy all that stuff separately. Um, but you also get a, a booklet, like a, it was like a big 140-page booklet or something like that. Mm. Do you have the info in front of you? Uh, yeah, I'm just having a look at this picture now so I can zoom in and actually have a look at what you get. Now, it's saying um, there's unique unique disc art. Ooh. So, that's that's well worth promoting. Yeah. You get one year free on the Elite membership. Uh, you also get a special founder statue. Status. Status, that is. Status. So, status. I guess that. It says uh, in-game emblem, player card, weapon camouflage, and clan XP boost. So I guess the XP boost is something that people would be quite interested in, but it basically means that in the game, people can see if you've bought the Elite Edition. Now, I do find it hard. Something like the Elite Edition may be hard to buy. What if what if they don't release it in Australia? What if they only release it at a ridiculously high price? And then there are people that, for the rest of the gaming, get an advantage over everyone else. Yeah, that, that is. seems a little irrelevant to do. Why not give them a statue, something silly like that? Like the like the X-ray vision goggles or whatever they were. It, it's pretty dumb. Why not give them that? Well, that, that's what I think this is lacking. We had, um, for the last couple of special editions for Call of Duty, the infrared goggles that you mentioned. That's which infrared. I haven't used them, but they sound pretty awesome. Um, and a remote control car, mm. like similar to what you can find in the game with a camera on it so you can film while you're driving around. Those seem both pretty awesome extras. With this one, the best stuff that you get is the Call of Duty Elite uh, uh, status and a limited edition 100 plus page field journal uh, says with military sketches diagrams and written entries um, which I guess is that kind of stuff's kind of cool but I tend to look at it once and then just never again yeah. so uh, I know it seems to be a lot part. of a lot of editions coming out for this already I've seen online there are ones with uh, dog tags that are USBs that have content on it. Yeah, I got one of those for StarCraft 2. Yep, there's those ones. There's also uh, just editions with caps and all sorts of things like that and just a strange amount of pre-releases and it seems to be a lot of pre-releases and I don't understand why there's so many different pre-release editions. I guess just uh, for the different levels of uh, enthusiasm about the game, if you're like, oh, I'll pay you know, another $20 to get this special disc art. Mm, but, but I, I find it, I find it odd to... To do that without releasing all of them at the same time. Hey, these are the versions you can get. Yeah, that's true. The uh, I guess that information was supposedly leaked. So maybe when they make an official announcement, they'll announce all the uh, different versions at once. But uh, certainly stuff like the retail exclusive stuff, that tends to not be announced at once. And uh, that makes it hard if you want to pre-order something from a specific retailer, but you don't know exactly what you're going to get from each place. Um I think uh, Uncharted 3, I was looking at recently all the pre-order stuff that you can get for that. And uh, it's hard to make a decision. Like, it mostly seems like you get different um, skins for multiplayer depending on where you buy it. But it's annoying that you don't, you can't get everything in one place easily. Mm. Um, usually, I don't know, that's the kind of thing that they'll release later on, uh, you know, on live. And then you've got the struggle with price is, is the stuff you want in here better than getting it for a lot cheaper. Yeah. And um, especially when you can look online and buy games for 65 Aussie dollars brand new online. Yeah. Which is usually what I, uh, what tends to win out if it's, you know, means like paying $30 for an extra character skin or something. It's yeah. And when, when it's it. something that doesn't really like, it's not a game that you're absolutely dying to get your hands on. Yeah, exactly. Something like a call of duty for you would be something that, a cheaper price is going to get you to buy it rather than all these extra things that 
when you're not the biggest fan in the world of the game, you're not that keen on getting. Yeah, that's right. So that might be the way to go. Think about that. Not that that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Uh, so we might wrap it up now. I don't think I've got anything else that's really keen. Um, oh, we, some really good videos I reckon people should check out. Okay. I thought there was, uh, if I can remember the name of it, uh, there was a video where someone uses their new bass, with the bass speaker, and they turn it up rather loud and then play the Black Eyed Peas Boom Boom Pow out of it. And as it starts off uh, without any bass in it, and then when the bass kicks in, everything on their desk starts jumping and shaking and falling off. Yeah, it's pretty impressive for a, a surround sound speaker just try and get the name for you now yeah so it's well worth having a look at that's an absolutely hilarious video um some other really good ones as well are the Foo Fighters have released a video to coincide with their tour across America and Australia and it sees them dress up as truck drivers and enjoy a nice warm shower together and it is it is hilarious it's a bit a bit disturbing but again very funny as Nick mentioned so the, uh, certainly well worth watching I'll put links to both these videos from the uh, website yep so but actually I'd like to on here thank you for putting all of those links up for the last one oh no worries and uh, it makes life a lot easier especially for I guess people jumping on and having a listen and wanting to check out what we're talking about it's a good way for people to get across what we're what we're having a go with yeah so basically if uh, you don't know what Nick's talking about uh, in which wouldn't be hard <laughs> um, I don't think many people knew yeah, I on, on um, pressx.com.au, if you take a look at the episode two post, uh, I put links to everything that we talked about. So when I was talking about what we were playing, you can check out uh, the websites or the, the Wikipedia pages for those particular games or movies or music or whatever the hell we were talking about. Now, this could be a little awkward. I hope that one of us mentioned pressx.com.au at the start of this podcast. I'm pretty sure we don't, but uh, yeah, I don't think I did. If it's, if it's called the Press X podcast hopefully someone will uh, be able to make that connection yeah um, see so we look we, we just had to get into it so many interesting things happening we didn't have time for a song kurt was not here it's just too exciting ah oh, it is when, when dad's away oh <laughs> kids get to go wild um we just to clarify those videos are called mega bass 2000 watt rms and foo fighters hot buns censored version but I don't know maybe you can find the uncensored. Yeah, if you, if you like to see Foo Fighters bottoms, yeah, you can check out the uncensored version at their website. Exactly. Um, but yeah, if you go to our website, you can check out those links as well. Which, for those who missed the plug that we didn't talk about, pressx.com.au. Yes, good website. Check you can it also out. you can also find uh, us on Facebook and that kind of stuff if you want to be a fan and get updates whenever there's new content. And also, we should probably plug your own work insaneramblings.net if you want to check out my uh, other podcast I haven't been able to do a whole lot recently because my co-host ran away to Europe and Japan but uh, definitely hoping to get some more stuff up there as soon as possible so you can check that out as well well worth having a look at um, so yeah anything you want to do it'd be really good if you could send through any questions you've got or anything like that you can do it at podcast at pressx.com.au and did you want to we'll go through that last little bit yeah well since we didn't get any questions this week or Maybe we got hundreds. on the look. To be honest, we don't know because we couldn't get into the, we couldn't get onto the website. And couldn't get into that uh, that login. Yeah, Kurt. Kurt not being here, we realised we didn't know how to check our email. <laughs> so um, we may have got emails. Thank you for everyone that did email. And next time we will go through them. But um, look, we're sorry. We just didn't know what we were doing. I can only assume that this person also sent this question to us. 
Fair enough. Um, I got this from Yahoo. I don't think that's a stretch of the imagination at all. No, not at all. I think I, uh, I just got this from Yahoo Answers, but I assume the same thing was sent to our inbox. Um, can fat people have six packs? Okay, so I saw swimming my daily two lives. I haven't read this, by the way, so it might not make sense. Okay, so I saw so I swimming my daily two miles, and I saw this kid, probably 13 or 14. He wasn't fat, but it's... That, that's spelled F-A... 14. This is all capital. F-A-T-T-T-T, all capitals. So that's, that's how fat we're talking. He wasn't that fat, but his stomach was pretty floppy. And I don't know if my eyes were deceiving me, but he had a six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> it was outlined pretty good, but on his stomach fat, is that even possible? And uh, so I found this uh, question before the show, and Nick had an example of a uh, fat six-pack before... Uh, before uh, I think a started. lot of people have seen this is pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, there's a very famous Australian-UK uh, paparazzi named... Darren um, Lyons. And he had surgery to remove it was plastic surgery and i believe i believe he's saying that he removed all the body fat around his chest leaving his natural six pack <laughs> but it doesn't look natural it's freaky i'll put a I'll put a link to this on the website as well it's like it's like he took the fat that was on the out, on the outside and then made that into forms of a six pack sculpted it sculpted it into a six pack um so yeah it's he's still looks kind of fat but he does have abs which i guess it's possible to answer tr's question um but yeah that's yeah, the only example it's I've possible to have one it doesn't mean it's all right no exactly i, I can't recommend this no i can't recommend it either i don't know darren lyons is your example um spelt with two y's because you know he's cool like that um and you may have seen him on celebrity big brother i believe he's on that tv show at the moment or Dragon's Den a few years ago. <laughs> the Dragon's Den. Yeah, Ben did bring that up. That's pretty <laughs> hilarious. Anyway, all right, that's about it for us. Uh, we'll have another one next week. This one uh, is actually the first time I've done one two weeks in a row. So we might be getting on a roll here. I think before we leave, you promised me a story. A story? Oh, yeah, I completely forgot about that story. Wow, this was this was the best part of the podcast and I didn't even, didn't even remember. So those who stuck around to the very end get the bonus story. That's right. If you, if you listen to an hour of... immature discussion about nothing then you're going to get the good stuff (laughs) so this is a story about I guess I'll preface it with drivers are crazy agreed so I leave home and we I was heading out with my partner and we were just driving somewhere and it was it was wasn't late at night but it was it was sort of about that 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 seven o'clock mark and so driving along and there was this driver who was right up behind me like absolutely like Kiss in the back of my car, no problem. And he was so close. And you get to the point where when a lane splits off in two, and so you go, you know, dual lane. And of course, he's he shot straight across as soon as he could. But I've gone and put my blinker on and moved out as well. Ooh. And so he has, he's, he's, he's decided that I've cut him off and beat me. Hey, and, I, and I'm I, I go, what an asshole. This guy I, was the biggest dropkick. Can I just quote Louis C.K. last night? He said, anyone who beeps is... Needs to die forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, this guy certainly did. So he's, and this guy's been pissing me off the whole time. So I do the little, you know, like tap the brake. Yep. So, you know, make him go a little bit slower. And then I'm like, God, this guy's pissing me off. So I roll up to the lights and I stop at the lights. And then he rolls up behind me and then he hits my car. Oh. So he, he stopped. We had completely stopped at lights. And then 
bang, rolls into the back of me. So on purpose, obviously. Enough to bump the car forward. So how, and I'm, and this guy, this guy is crazy looking as well. How fast so. was he? Like just he wasn't going fast. It was enough to certainly jolt the car, but, not but it didn't there. do any damage to the back of the car. So were you like, let's get the fuck out of here, or were you like, let's fight? Uh, I I turn around, and I'm still, you know, I'm eyeballing the guy. Yeah. And he gets out of the car and he walks over, and then he starts having a go at me, <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, I'm out of here. So I just took off. So he was out of the car at the traffic lights. He he got out of the car at the traffic lights to come over, Jeez. but he he what it wasn't and like. To be quite honest, I think I'm fair enough in leaving because I thought about that thing of, you know, like I, I didn't know that there was no damage. I thought there might have been. And, you know, like insurance, do we exchange insurance? And this guy deliberately hit my car, like yeah. completely and totally. This wasn't a stop. This, this wasn't a I jammed on my brakes and he didn't have enough time to stop. I stopped at the lights. It was a red light. It had been a red light for a while. There is no way he could have known or not known that I'd stopped. That was a deliberate hit. Yeah. So anyone that's going to deliberately hit your car with their car is either not going to have insurance or is not going to give you their insurance. What? How? What? You said he looked a bit scary. What are we talking? He, he was. He was older than me. I could have taken him. <laughs> I, I could have taken him. I got a bit of say now. But he was. But he you was didn't a, want to fight in front. He was of like girl. a grizzled old, like a, like a grizzled like fifty eight year old man. Okay. And he wasn't too happy. And he got up and he was swearing and stuff. I can't really remember what he was saying. Because I was just like, I don't want to be in this situation. So I just left. You went into a rage blackout. You were lucky that you didn't turn around and run him over. No, uh, it wasn't good. And I thought, uh, nothing good would have come from me sticking around. Yeah. So right. I just left. What a psycho. But it was, it's pretty unnerving. I, I don't know whether you've been in a situation like that, but I've never, ever heard of someone, someone just because they cut you off deliberately hitting you. I've heard of people getting out of the car and going for it. But I've never heard of a car deliberately hitting you. No, the most I've got is uh, an extended uh, beep. God love the extended horn. Yeah. And then then you're like, the worst bit is if they're still behind you and they can't overtake you. It's like a single lane or something. Like you're you know, both merging into the same lane and they're behind you. And just like, I want to get the fuck out of here as yeah. soon as I can. Yeah. Just because, uh, you know, they're like angrily watching you from behind you watching your every move and if they're going the same direction for you just like let's put some distance between this yeah i always i always want to put the distance when the beep goes i i don't beep that much but i do beep occasionally i'm pretty uh, hesitant on the beep just yeah. because it pisses me off when people do it to me mm. and chances are you know i, I try wrong. to i try to only beep when it's an occasion where someone is not knowing what's happening if, if you're like at a stoplight and it turns green and they haven't noticed or something. If, if it's green for 10 seconds, I'll beep. Yeah. I got beeped after a second. Yeah, that's harsh. The lights turned and a guy beeped. <laughs> Come on. But there are times where, you know, someone's merging and they're not looking. Yeah. And, and they don't know you're there and they're merging into you. They're about to, yeah. I, I think that's a fair situation to beep. No, definitely. That, that's acceptable. And uh, there are different types of beeps. You, you'll agree with me that like a, like a beep. Is just a notification that, hey guys, I'm here, just so you know, whereas like a beep is like a, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely a, the beep to, you know, the, the merging in beep, that's a beep to save your life. The extended beep is a asshole beep. Yeah, <laughs> asshole beep. Yeah. And then the other thing is, uh, we mentioned on Insane Ramblings before, if uh, you're trying to beep the car in front of the car that's in front of you, and so... When, when would you come across that situation? If, if you're at the lights, right, and you're two cars back, um, but then the guy at the front hasn't noticed us. No, you don't. 
You, you, no, mate. Are you just going to wait it out? It's the responsibility of the car in front of you. It's, it'd be a rare situation that two cars in a row would not be paying attention. Because I've, I've been beeped uh, several cars back. And I'm like, am I supposed to just pass the beep on? Like, I'm in the middle of the pack. I'm not I'm doing anything wrong because I can't do anything wrong. Do I, like, return their beep to beep the guy in front of me? Or do I just wait and hope that that beep jumps over my car? It's so it's like a beep chain. Yeah, we're in a mega beep chain. So, so it's, like, it's like when a, uh, a large tour group is traveling along and they're all walking and someone at the back goes stop and they pass the stop all the way down. I'm pretty sure that's exactly the analogy that I, comes to mind. Okay, so I think that's a fair... Um, look, we could do with some help on that because I guess we're, we're a little in the dark on that subject. Yeah, if you know about beep chains... If, if someone's got, like, you know, done, done some polling, some phone calls, you know, that sort of thing, engage Nielsen polls to go and do one of their mass calls, the ones that do the the, the, the ones for the government and, you know, that sort I'm, of thing. I'm pretty sure that's what Nelson polling does with their day. Yeah. Like, well, I've already surveyed... Hey, if they're getting paid for it. Yeah, we've already surveyed the population about, you know their uh, day-to-day activities. What about their beeping habits? Hey, it's important. You know, everyone drives. <laughs> most most people drive. A lot of people Some drive. Some people drive. <laughs> and they're all assholes, apparently. Yeah, it's probably a fair enough call. Anyway, I think that's about it. So thank you for sticking around to hear my story. And make sure you check out pressx.com.au. Have a look. We'll be back with another podcast next week, bringing you a ton of more news in the gaming and the entertainment world. And if uh, we're missing a member, we might bring someone else in, see what happens. We'll just bring my dog back again. Small barking. That's the way to go. Shall we uh, beatbox our way out of here? That's about it. See you guys. Press X.